Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Hey y'all, what's good? Welcome to Right Now-ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. On this episode, we're taking a little trip to the neighborhood that's just south of Market Street in San Francisco, the Soma District. It saw mass industrialization in the middle of the 1900s and was the local base of the early 2000s dot-com boom. Nowadays, there's a bunch of things happening in the hood. It's marking its fifth year as the Filipino Cultural Heritage District, and folks are making sure that the history of their ancestors in the area is being recognized. At the same time, they're taking actions to make sure that the current community is thriving. All of this is the subject of a new project. Uh, so my name is Harvey Lazada. I'm a local filmmaker from San Francisco. My film is called It Takes the Hood to Save the Hood. The focus of the film is how community-based organizations pivoted during the COVID-19 pandemic to meet the needs of their neighbors. The film is also part of a larger project that Harvey is producing, which includes a photo exhibition and a printed book that gives a deeper look into who these community members really are. We take a trip through Soma with filmmaker and photographer Harvey Lozada right after this message. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. You know, the Soma, from what OGs tell me, was a neighborhood that really was predominantly Filipino. Like a lot of Filipinos, they touched base there. They took pride in that neighborhood, right? Like they made sure that like if there was homeless on the street that folks got fed. If there was any problems out there that folks would tend to it and they kept the streets clean. But my family went to church in the Soma. There was Filipino businesses that they didn't have in any part of the city. And so we had to go there to get what we needed. My grandparents also worked in the Soma. My, my grandfather actually worked on top of um, the Westfield Mall. It used to be called Emporium. I mean, for folks that don't know Soma and visit one day, they definitely probably will, will be like, are we in San Francisco? You see all kinds of walks of life there, and it's unfortunate living in the Bay, like how much it costs to live here. There's unfortunately a lot of homeless folks, a lot of people being displaced. Um, a lot of people unfortunately uh, resort to substance use. And so people see that on the outside, but what they don't see is like the people that, people that live there, like they're so resilient, right? Like despite all the different things kind of going on in the world, like they, they call that place home and they're proud of being from the Soma. You know, they really rep their hood. In your film, we hear from a kaleidoscope of voices, from social service workers to culture workers, who all talk to us about what Soma means to them. People like Rudy Corpus Jr. from United Players. When I think of Soma, I think about the resiliency of the people. We have survivors here. 
we have a real strong community of people from as young as that elementary to adults in the penitentiary. I got a message of resilience. Is that the narrative that you were trying to push for? Yeah, like, you know, like uh, the title, It Takes the Hood to Save the Hood, that's exactly what happened. You know what I mean? Because I live in a community that always has crisis. And so when it hit, I was like, man, it's time for me to activate. This is what I do. Lives need to be saved. People need to be taken care of. And we got to get out, man, make sure that we're taking care of the have-nots, the most vulnerable. You know, like when the pandemic hit on March 18th, when California said that we was going to be in lockdown, these brave heroes and heroes, they did not pause. In Harvey's film, we follow a bunch of organizations that came together to expand the services of a Soma food bank. One of the orgs was West Bay Multi-Service Center, run by Carla Laurel. But we were really concerned of seniors going out at that time because we're sheltering in place and we know many of them don't drive and are taking the bus. So it was kind of a conversation of how do we make some sort of delivery for them to get the food that they need. In the film, you see that even in uncertain and scarce times, these organizations didn't wait around. They took action for their community. It's pallets of groceries. You might find fish here, chicken here, vegetables here, and it's all different types of vegetables and fruits, so we need them in different lines, so when we do begin to make the lines... When you need help, we got it, we giving it to you. It's that simple, no questions asked. You ain't gotta fill out no paperwork. Everybody was trying to help. You know, everybody was trying to make a, make a difference and just really get food out there, it was just a high need. As community workers, we're just so focused on doing the work that we forget that we're all in it together. And oftentimes we don't actually collaborate as seamlessly as I think we should, but this pandemic forced us all to kind of like put our differences aside and really figure out how we can come together. We lost a lot during the pandemic, but what I hope is that like people saw that like when folks came together, that uh, we can accomplish a lot. The real message is that like, we can take care of ourselves. Like we got us. If we waited for the government to help us out, where would we be? It was urgent, you know, we can't wait. And who else is gonna do it? Man, damn the government, we finna make it happen. This is what we do. We've been in the backfield. We already out here, how about we do it? You know, we didn't even have that much of a stimulus check. So it's like, I don't know what they could have given us that we couldn't provide for ourselves. You know, we patrol these streets. Why, why we can't be out here giving out in these streets? Parents started calling in. Some of them um, were not clear on their immigration status, and they're the sole providers for their family. And so now they're unemployed, and they don't know what that means. They don't know how to do EDD. So we kind of just adapted and shifted to try to figure out how we can become experts in these fields where we knew they needed the most support. Now that the mask requirement has been lifted and people are being vaccinated, the world is opening up again, what are the community orgs that you documented up to now? Because there's still a, a high need that they're still doing what they do and they still have the food bank every Thursday. Where I see it going now is like, I think like what this pandemic did for a lot of people is it forced people to sit down whether they wanted to or not. You know, it made folks really realize like, like, you know, what am I doing and how can we like kind of collectively come together to help our neighborhood? We're still going to try to survive and thrive in this neighborhood. Like the folks that left, all the techies that left, like I don't know what that means for them, but we'll, we'll still be here and we'll continue to be here. And we'll, all the organizations, we're going to continue to try to serve the community. I really hope out of this crisis is born unity, 
and a whole lot of opportunities. And, you know, all this I feel like just in that, like in every neighborhood, there's always going to be politics, right? Around who gets along with who and who does what. But that was non-existent when the pandemic hit. And Rudy and them say that in the film. You know, they talk about they talk about how like I don't care where you're from, like we're gonna help you. That's where I see it going. Like, I think there was like a lot of I would say bridges built, man, that only serve the community um, and make the community stronger. Dope, dope. You're deep in the arts and culture, man, and like. You also have a background in social work. How do the two intertwine? I got to say, uh, I'm privileged enough that they do, you know, like it's not something that's completely left field. Right. So like me being uh, what I do on my nine to five, I, I serve the community. I serve my city. I work with young people who touch down with the justice system and me being like just a people's person. I'm able to really get people to where um, they can tell their truths. You know what I mean? Like, even when I, I mean, you know this, Penn, because you're, you're a photographer, you know what I mean? And you tell people stories. It's like, when you go up to somebody, like, it's like, how, it's about how you make them feel. Sometimes I may just go up to them and just be like, hey, like, you know what I mean? Can I take your portrait? And like, they're like, what? Portrait? Like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, like, I really like, I'm just digging your aesthetic. Like, I'm a local artist and I really feel like you represent this this neighborhood, this area, and I want to I want to document this. You know what I mean for future people to see, and I, I'll be more than happy to give it to you. You know, so I feel like me being a people person, being able to talk to folks um, and genuinely talk to folks, not just be like you know that person that says like, um, "Hey, how you doing today?" But they don't really care. I ain't like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I'd be like, "Hey, Penna, <laughs> how's it going, brother? How you doing today, man?" You know, like I'm I'm that type of person that really want to know how you doing, not, not not just being casual and being like that polite person. Earlier this year, you held a screening of a rough cut of your documentary at District 6. How did people respond? I invited folks because it was a rough cut. I was completely transparent about it. Afterwards, I got on the mic and I asked folks, um, so what'd y'all think of the film? Because it's a rough cut, I want y'all honest feedback. Like, was it too too long? Was it too short? Did y'all get a clear message? And um, it was well received. You know, I was humbled that like folks really loved it. There's people crying. The feedback that folks gave me was, I think, very helpful. There's parts of the film where y'all saw I was in Tagalog, um, and for a lot of folks, they don't speak Tagalog, right? And there was no subtitles. Like, I intentionally didn't put subtitles because I wanted folks to kind of see, like, what they got to go through to try to get services. Like, these are folks that English is a second language to them. And so, like, I know it, for bigger audiences, we got to put the subtitles so folks can understand, like, what these folks are talking about so they can get the message. But I, I, I take that feedback, um, um, and, I'm gonna, and I'm applying all of it. I'm a, ch I'm a child of immigrants, right? My parents' uh, English is their second language, and for them to see their son, um, who they know as like a social worker, like doing what I do, um, for them to, they know I take pictures, like I make pictures, right? But they didn't know I was a filmmaker. And so for them, to, like, you should have seen them, man. They were smiling ear to ear. The DJ was playing music. My mom was dancing. Uh, Pops couldn't put his phone down. He was on uh, Facebook Live so that my, my relatives in the Philippines could watch. You know what I mean? It was, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful day. Here's to Harvey Lozada. Congrats on all that you've done and thank you for doing the work. We're big fans of cultural preservation around these parts. Harvey's book is up for pre-order. The photo exhibition will be showing soon and the film is making festival rounds. To keep up with all the moving pieces, follow Harvey's work at YSF on Instagram and YSF.org. That's spelled W-H-Y-S-F, all one word. Also, I want to give props to Jody Sapice for suggesting this story idea. If you want to submit a potential guest, check out the Right Nowish homepage and fill out the pop-up form. We love to know who you think is a mover and shaker. 
Marisol Medina Cadena is the producer of this show. Our editor is Jessica Plachik. Our engineer is Seal Muller. Kiana Mogadam and Sarah Pineda make up the engagement team. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, really hoping that you're inspired to preserve your culture and serve the people. Thanks for listening. Peace. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.